This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Meow Mix, the Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. And we are here to talk about the latest Carolina Panthers defeat, this time at the hands of the Seattle Seahawks, 30-24, to in a game that might end up closer than a lot of people thought. I think the uh, line ended at 6.5 for this game, so the Panthers did cover. But, Jerry, a loss is sort of a win in this case. Yeah, that's I, I 100% agree. There was no benefit of winning this game for the Carolina Panthers. If we would have knocked out Seattle out of the playoffs, yeah, I would have wanted to win. But they already are punched their ticket to the playoffs. They're still fighting for the division. I don't care about that. But to make them not go, I would have been excited. But no, I, I want a better draft at this point. And this team is proving that the defense has many holes. The offensive play calling is awful. Has stayed awful. Ugh. Lots I, of I'm yeah, lots of interesting play calls today on the offense. Um, tons of wide receiver runs today. Five of them. Uh, Kyle Allen actually scrambled a little bit today, which is something we haven't seen a ton of recently from him. Uh, five rushes for him. But yeah, you're right. I mean. All the every all the coaching staff is gone after this uh, mm-hmm. season. You know, a lot of players are going to be gone after this season. It's sort of going to be. I don't know if this will be a reboot for the franchise, but it's definitely going to be a refresh. And I'm I'm just ready. You know, I'll I'll be happy if the Panthers end up five and eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ha- we'll go over it a little later on, but there were several teams that lost today that help the Panthers in terms of draft position. So even though this is this was a loss for the 2019 regular season, for the future of the Panthers, I think this was a win. Yeah, I agree. And this is, I think next year is going to be a soft reboot. Not a full reboot, just a soft one. I think we're going to have a lot of the key pieces still in place. Um, Cam, I'm not sure of, but coaching-wise will be gone. But Luke will be the star on the defensive side. KK will be there. Uh, Eric Reed will be there, even though he's struggling right now. Brian Burns. You know, Christian, leader of the offense now. I don't know about Eric Reed. I mean, is he good? I, I, I don't know. His coverage has been bad. But most of our secondary's coverage has been bad. Yeah, I think we can say for sure now that Dante Jackson is probably not the answer as a starting corner for this team moving and forward. Gonna, and that's going to put us in some very tough situation with James Bradbury being a free agent because Co- Ross Cockrell is a free agent as well, who's not a great starter either. But if Dante is playing like he did today, which was god-awful, just mm-hmm. yeah, he, he was just pure bad. I mean, we're looking at a whole new cornerback situation starting. So that'll be an interesting thing to keep an eye on. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's several big plays, a couple of touchdown plays. 
that just showed Dante Jackson trailing the play. Mm-hmm. Just not in, not in position, or if he was in position, he got there late, and he, he just continues to look bad. And I don't know if it's something that they can coach out of him or something that, you know, he's just not going to get it. He's just relied on his speed for too long, and now everybody's just as fast as he is in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if it's him just kind of not fully understanding his position and what his role is. I I don't know if he's ever been had to watch game film, understand game film, get in the right position due to game film. I don't know if he, hopefully he has that ability to get in there and do it, but right now he's not doing it. Yeah, he seems like the guy, kind of the guy that can make some flashy plays and certainly make a name for himself, but when it comes just to the day-to-day work, I haven't seen it from him so far. So, I mean, you know, Josh Norman had this problem his first couple years mm-hmm. in Carolina too, so I'm not saying that he can't turn it around. I certainly hope he does because he has a ton of athleticism. I mean, if he can figure it out, he's going to be a great player. But as of right now, he is hurting us more than he's helping us. Yeah. Um, I mean, where do you want to start with this game? I don't even know how much we really want to go into it. At one point, the Seahawks were up 30-10, to 10 in the fourth quarter, and the Panthers did make a game of it. More soft defense from Seattle than actual good play calling from Carolina, do you think? That's kind of where I'm landing. Well, yeah, that's where I land too. Again, the play calling has been awful on offense. Uh, Christian McCaffrey got a little bit more touches this game, but only 19 carries to Kyle Allen's 41 passes. Turner is supposed to be auditioning for a job, Right now, he's going to be in the unemployment line because I don't know why you're not giving Christian McCaffrey the ball to run. Now, the first scoring drive, they did a lot of fake end-arounds, end-arounds that were really creative, and then they stopped that for a while. I just didn't understand why they did it. Yeah, I noticed that, in the particularly in that first scoring drive, they kept the ball out of Kyle Allen's hands. I think that mm-hmm. at some point... Close to the end of the first quarter, or maybe even into the second quarter, he only had four passes. Yeah, and we were actually moving the ball, and I thought, oh, okay. So they sort of learned that the best way for this team to move the ball is to not let Kyle Allen turn it over. And then he got into a little bit of a rhythm at some point during the second quarter, and that's all they wanted to do was throw the ball. Yep, and throw the ball, and throw the ball, and throw the ball. And then he threw pick after pick after pick, and it was like, all right, when is when is Will Greer going to get his chance? I know he's not going to be the future right now. You guys aren't going to be the future, but we need to see what he has. Tepper needs to call down there and tell Fuel, if he doesn't want to start up, that's fine. He can go wait in the unemployment line with Ron Rivera, <laughs> and he'll put, promote somebody else. Because this is a team for the future right now. Because Kyle Allen is not the future. He's making poor decisions over and over again. We can't rely on him throwing the ball 41 times. And I still want Christian McCaffrey to have the rushing title. I'm not even going to deny that. He's not far away. He's only 60 yards out. No, not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah, he is. No, Chubb had uh, had 127. So Chubb gained 40 more on him today. So he's, he's at least 100 off. Those stats haven't updated yet on ESPN. On ESPN, oh. nah, they don't. They usually don't ESP, uh, update till the next day. So I still nah, think he can win it. 
I don't. I think that's that dream is over with. He's still going to lead the league in scrimmage yards, which is something. You know, he still actually still has a shot at uh, at getting a thousand, a thousand, which I think is what they if, need to focus on now. If he gets a hundred receiving yards the next two games, yeah, I mean that's that's yeah. not it's possible. He had eighty eight today, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't seen much difference in the play calling offensively at all. Other than there's been a lot more wide receiver runs. Yeah. Uh, under Scott Turner, the wide receivers are running the ball a lot more. Almost too much, you might say, because that's taking carries away from McCaffrey. Um, you you don't mind doing it every once in a while to mix things up a little bit. but And some of those early in the game, they did set up some, some nice plays for McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that first touchdown run was set up on one of those fake screens. So... You know, not bad. Um, I thought McCaffrey would have 100 yards rushing and 100 yards receiving today. He didn't quite get there, but it was pretty close. 87 yards rushing, 88 yards receiving, two rushing touchdowns as well. So, you know, he had a very good day, 175 total yards. Um, but you still wanted he, more. He you felt have... like felt like they left they left some out on the field for him. Yeah, know? that's exactly it. I feel like those past five, six weeks they've been leaving – McCaffrey's yards on the field not running him enough I understand you don't want to run him into the ground but I mean you've got to at least put Bonavid in there and run the ball Kyle Allen throwing 40-50 times a game is unacceptable it's not going to win you games ever no and I mean a lot of those throws are of course you know when you're down 30-10 you're going to throw the ball more than you're going to pass but um, they're still throwing the ball way too much Early in the game, which, you know, mm-hmm. we, we've talked about. Um, DJ Moore ended up with a pretty good game here. Eight receptions for 113 yards, but a lot of those were in the fourth quarter. Uh, he They went to him, I think, three or four times in a row in the fourth quarter for catches. So I would say at least probably half of those yards came in the fourth quarter on one drive. Uh, but still, it counts for him. He's well up over 1,100 receiving yards now, and... Could end up with you know close to fourteen hundred total before the end of the season, which is great for a wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, and he's, he's going to probably end in the top five receiving yards for yeah. the league. Yeah, which I still don't know if he's a number one receiver for us on, on a Super Bowl team, but he's making a good case for it. Um, let's see what uh, I did want to mention. Chris Hogan played his first game in several months. And, you know, he did, he only had one catch, but what I saw from him that I liked the most was he caught punts and he didn't fumble Oh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. I saw the same thing. I was like, oh, he can catch punts. I thought to myself, I wonder if Chris Hogan would have stayed healthy if we might have like two more wins strictly from not (laughs) turning the ball over on special teams. (laughs) It could be. I mean, it's possible. Um Looking at the Seahawks, I mean, Russell Wilson had a good game, 286 yards passing, two touchdowns, uh, but they ran all over us, as teams mm-hmm. usually do. Chris Carson had a great game, 24 carries, 133 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, as a team, they rushed for 154 yards. And Tyler Lockett, uh, we talked about it in our preview that uh, DJX would probably be on Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett, eight receptions, 120 yards, and a touchdown. He just... Looked great. Um, yeah. That's really the only receiver that hurt us. I yeah. mean, the rest of them were. I mean, Josh Gordon had one catch for 58 yards 
on one target, by the way. Only targeted one time for Josh Gordon. But everybody else was under 40 yards. And, yeah. uh, you know, Tyler Lockett was really the only receiver moving the ball. Uh, well, they didn't have to do much because the ground no. game was just moving the ball. They rushed right. the ball 34 times to 27 pass attempts. And that seems high. I mean, Russell Wilson was 20 out of 60, or 20 out of 26. He was just dipping and dunking, hitting everything he wanted. Yep. Uh, Josh Gordon actually did throw an interception in this game. So <laughs> you might you might look at the stats and see the Panthers had an interception. That was not from Russell Wilson. That was from Josh Gordon. And it was a terribly terrible decision to actually throw the ball. Yeah, those wide receiver throws and running back throws – they're just so hit miss because if the coverage stays there, it's a, it seems like it's almost 90% an interception. Yeah. Well, he threw it's it in because... a double coverage. <laughs> exactly. No. And that's what they do. They get that chance. They're like, this is my one shining moment to th- show I can throw. Right. And they just lob it up and you know, good secondary teams will just pick it off. Yep. I mean, I love the ones where I see like the wide receiver, see the coverage and just chuck it to a cheerleader. Like, yeah, <laughs> nope. I'm like, ah, oh. Well, McCaffrey, McCaffrey sort of did that, right? He mm-hmm. had he actually McCaffrey had a pass in this game. Another kind of wrinkle that we haven't seen this season from the Panthers. McCaffrey did throw, but he sort of just threw it in the dirt because mm-hmm. you know, I I think actually he could have completed that pass. It looked like Hogan was open. So maybe it was a bad pass or maybe Christian McCaffrey did just throw it in the dirt. Either way, he didn't make a mistake. You know, he didn't throw yeah. an interception. But um yeah, so I mean, defensively, Luke Keekley probably had his best stats game in a long time. He had 17 tackles, which is a ton of tackles. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, how good can you really say he was when the Seahawks put up 30 points and he's kind of the coach of the field out there on the defense? Yeah, and I saw him miss a couple tackles too, which is yeah. not him. Yeah, One in particular, I think it was a third and one, and he was in the backfield before everybody else. And he just got juked out of his shoes. Yeah. I'm hoping that it's the season kind of wearing on him that next season we'll switch the back to a 4-3 and he go, goes back to what he was before this season. I hope so. Because uh, even though I think stats-wise he's probably going to look very similar to seasons past, we've definitely seen a different Luke Keekley on the field. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um. The Seahawks only had one sack today on Kyle Allen. Yeah. But it seemed like they were just playing a lot of zone coverage, getting pressure on him, but just not quite getting to him. So I don't know if you want to say that the offensive line had a good day today. Probably a better day than they've had in the last month or so. But <laughs> but I don't know. You know, we still got beat pretty good. And, uh, yeah, we did have... 145 rushing yards total, so not a terrible day, I guess. No, it wasn't a bad game, especially considering how good Seattle is, but it's just so sad to see this team play the past few weeks how they have with no motivation, Mm -hmm. no heart. Uh, Especially where I thought I saw this team at the beginning of the year. Just really heartbreaking. Uh, another person I don't see on the stat sheet, and I didn't really see him out there. I'll be interested whenever the snap counts come out. Brian Burns, he's healthy. Why are we not seeing more Brian Burns too? 
Yeah, he like you said, he did not show up on the stat sheet at all. I did not hear his name a single time. And I looked for him, and I really did not see him out there on defense play. I didn't count every play, but like I said, I'll be interested how the snap count plays out for him if he had double-digit snaps. I mean, at this point, just sit him for the rest of the season, keep him healthy for next year, I guess. I mean, if they, I don't understand why they don't want to play him. Maybe he's a bad locker room guy. I have no idea. I have no idea. I, I haven't heard anything negative about him. I, then why wouldn't they play him? <laughs> you figure he's probably healthy by now. I mean, that wrist, it's been six weeks since he's had surgery, or maybe it, even it, more. And he was lighting it up when he was forced to play at the first half a couple games of the season because Bruce Irvin was injured. It, yeah, they really took – they the coaching took him out of contention for that defensive rookie of the year. It wasn't anything else other than the coaching. I, I don't know why you're playing Bruce Irvin, to be honest with you. Why are we pl- starting and playing Bruce Irvin? Which he plays well, don't get me wrong. But why are we starting him over, you know, Brian Burns at this point? I thought I, we would see a lot of Bruce Irvin today just because this was a game against the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. And that was his team for a long time. So I thought that we'd see a lot of Bruce Irvin in this game. And, and he played well. He had a sack, one of our two. Uh, Vernon Butler, by the way, the other sack, your boy. But um, yeah, uh, why they're not play, playing Burns, it just boggles the mind yeah i'm i'm really excited that we have two games left that's all i really could say (laughs) me too um let's see any anything else that you just kind of want to touch on here before we kind of move into our next segment no i think that's it i think all panther fans are just i think they're sitting in the same seat as me hoping we lose that sounds horrible. Hoping we lose so we could get a better draft position. Excited to get rid of this coaching staff and kind of start anew in the offseason. Yeah, I, I just wonder how many Panthers fans are really even paying attention at this point. Um, we put a poll out on the Meow Mix podcast Twitter feed about do you want to win the game or not? Or would you be upset if the Panthers won? And the majority of people said yes, they would be upset if the Panthers won, but there weren't a ton of responses, so I, I just think a lot of Panthers fans have checked out for yeah. the season, and it's hard to blame uh, them. There, there is something that kind of broke out earlier today. Um, I don't know if you've heard about this, but the Panthers, Tepper, is supposedly very interested in the Patriots personnel executive Nick Cassero. Uh, he was the one that wanted to go to Houston last year, mm-hmm. but... The Patriots refused to let him go for the promotion. And then Houston ended up getting some tampering charges against him. So they'll probably be in the hunt too. But Tepper has deep pockets. so Yeah, I, it's kind of funny. It seems like every week Tepper's interested in a different team's you know, executive. You know, Last week it was the Steelers, and this week it's the Patriots. I, Although I think I that guy... Happy. Yeah, I'd be happy with that guy. Yeah, I would be ecstatic if we got Casero because from all accounts, the Patriots want him to stay there. The Texans want him. Supposedly, he's a good he's a hot, hot commodity, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could potentially see a Casero josh McDaniels tandem come to Carolina. Um, yeah. I know you shudder, but I think Josh McDaniels is actually going to be a pretty good coach when he gets a, another shot at it. 
Um, plus, I think if you have Casero coming in, there's a clear line of Casero's the personnel guy, McDaniels is the coach. Whereas in Denver, McDaniels was sort of the de facto personnel guy and the coach. So, well, I mean, uh, he's e- not either doing way, good with the Patriots in the this yeah. year. I don't know. Go look at their roster and tell me if you think anybody would do good with that roster. Hmm. It's pretty bad, especially wide receivers. They got nobody. Either way, um, this is not a <laughs> Patriots podcast. <laughs> um, you want to do some heroes and zeros? Uh, do you have? Let me ask I don't you this. have a hero. <laughs> well, let me ask I mean, you this. other than Christian, Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey. <laughs> yeah. the, the Christian McCaffrey Hero of the Game Award goes to Christian McCaffrey today. I mean, he, he, you want to see heart from somebody. That's the guy, right? Yeah. That's the guy going out there and giving everything he's got. 175 total yards and two touchdowns. Like we mentioned before, uh, zero the game. Why don't you go ahead and tell me? Oh, I'm giving it to Dante Jackson. Okay. He's talked so much game and he has not been able to back it up. And recently you could just see the liability he is. You could tell James Bradbury is locking down his side because every time you see a pass, if you keep watching, you'll see Dante Jackson turning around chasing the guy who caught the ball. There is a concerted effort from teams to go after Dante Jackson Mm -hmm. week in and week out. Uh, I'll I'll give mine to Kyle Allen just because turning the ball over, he had another fumble today even though he did recover it. Um, But three interceptions, almost four. Although that fourth was not really his fault. Um, but, you know, you can't win when you turn the ball over. And two of those mm-hmm. interceptions were 100% on him. And you could even say the third was as well, even though it was tipped. He just didn't get the ball high enough, I guess. But um, it's just not not going to happen for Kyle Allen. Uh, you know, sorry to the Kyle Allen lovers, but this is not the guy. No. This, he's got 22 turnovers this season and 16 passing touchdowns. So it's time for Will Greer. I don't know why it's taking so long. The first Falcons game, they should have pulled him when he hasn't been able to turn it around. Do you think that they'll play Will Greer next week against the Colts? No, I, I unless Tepper goes down there, kicks down Perry Fuel's door, and tells him to I. I don't see it happening. Let me ask you this. Do you want to Will Greer to play? I do. I want to see. I mean, I know it doesn't it won't change my mind whether or not we draft a quarterback if Cam Newton's gone or here. But I do want to see what we've got in him. What if he wins a game? Will that yeah, make you happy? <laughs> because we know Kyle Allen can lose us games. That's my only negative. I really don't know. Yeah. I kind of just want to see Kyle Allen play the rest of the year and, as, you know, basically end up losing eight in a row, just like mm-hmm. last year. Um, right now we're at six in a row, loss-wise. But, uh, all right. So that was the Heroes and Zeros. Uh, you did eke out a beer bet victory, even though I think that I should actually have this victory. The spirit of the of the win, I believe I you had. You don't get spirit beer bet. You can't keep claiming that every week. You thought this was going to be like a 17-point win. I thought it was going to be did. a closer game. And even though the over-under was five and a half and we, we lost by six, technically you get the win. But you thought this was going to be a blowout. I did. But that's yeah. okay. 
So the spirit of the wind goes to Steven once again. Um, any, any other thoughts for the game? Two more weeks, guys. Two more weeks, and then we can start building towards the future. And Joey Sly had a nice 52-yard field goal today. Didn't really get yep. any other opportunities. Hmm. Uh, Pilardi had some good punts. Two in the 20. He only actually only punted the ball four times, and two of them no landed inside the 20. No one cares about special teams like that. I'm just saying. No. I'm just saying. Uh, trying to find some positives here, man. That's all. Two weeks left, man. That's the positive. That's the positive. All right. And we'll be right back with the rest of the NFL scores. <laughs> they don't do it That's like good. That. Okay, cool. So uh, who says what? So I'm We're saying podcast. You say that. So I'm saying five. Beth. Four. Three. Two. One. one. Hey there. I'm Dave. I'm Beth. And I'm Veronica. And we are the Happy Hour. We're a podcast dedicated to the most decorated NHL franchise of all time, the Montreal Canadiens. A casual listen by Habs fans for Habs fans. We have new episodes every week, so have a listen. Bye. Bye. And we're back. And we'll go ahead and start with the NFC South games. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeated the Detroit Lions 38-17. Jameis Winston has been on a roll, throwing for 458 yards and four touchdowns. Ronald Jones led all rushing with 11 carries, 23 yards. That is abysmal for a game-leading rusher. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Chris Godwin, uh, five receptions, 121 yards. And Brashard Perriman also got... Three touchdowns on this game, so he had a heck of a game filling in for Mike Evans. Now, Tampa Bay improves to 7-7. Seven and seven. That is five wins out of their last six games, four in a row. Don't look now, but Jameis Winston may have saved his job. I, I, he's, he's looking really good lately. Maybe. Um, and I know during the break you asked me about injuries, and I forgot about this one, but uh, Chris Godwin did leave this game and probably will not be back the rest of the season. They said it's got a hamstring injury and it is quote, not good following the game. So it wouldn't surprise me if you don't see him the rest of the season and And they've already lost Mike Evans. Yeah. I was going to say, Ooh, that's going to be, but I mean, they're not playing for anything either, but right. Right. But like you said, you know, Jameis, Jameis is playing for something. Yeah. You know, he wants his job. So, and Arians wants to win as many games as he can because he's Bruce Arians. So, yeah. All right. Well, moving on to the other NFC South game that was played today, the Atlanta Falcons traveled all the way to San Francisco and somehow pulled out a victory. Falcons win this one 29-22. to uh, This game was pretty much in hand. Well, I won't say in hand by the 49ers, but they were up by six. Uh, uh, or five. They were up by five with about, I don't know, 30 seconds left or something. And the Falcons end up driving down the field. They get a touchdown with two seconds left. They go up by one. They kneel down to the two-point conversion. They end up kicking uh, kicking off that San Francisco fumbles the ball on the kickoff, and Falcons get another touchdown. So this game was definitely not uh, a Falcons runaway victory. The San Francisco 49ers actually had the lead for most of the second half. 
But um, this was, you know, a good win for the Falcons and a good win for the Panthers for the Falcons because the Falcons now move to five and nine. Um, stats wise, Matt Ryan led all passers, two hundred ten passing yards, two touchdowns. Raheem Mostert. 14 carries, 54 yards, and one touchdown led all rushers. And Julio Jones and George Kittle both had 13 receptions for 134 yards. But Julio got two touchdowns on those receptions. So They were the only one producing any offense in this game. Yeah, I, this was the George Kittle versus Julio Jones game, honestly. Yeah. Uh, and it was kind of fun to watch. I mean... It, it was this, a lot of fun. Yeah. 49ers only were... A, ahead because of a fumbled kickoff by Kidion Barner. Right. And yet at Iski, their fullback recovered and got down to oh, the two. What a terrible pronunciation of that name for you. I can't say names. I know. Yuschek. Oh, Yuschek. Whatever. <laughs> um, San Francisco falls to 11-3. and three, And like I said earlier, the Falcons moved to 5-9. and nine, And that, folks moves the Carolina Panthers to last place in the NFC South. Honestly, we're doing what we need to do. Um, No, no. They're not trying to, but uh, the (laughs) Saints continue to lead the division at 10-3. and They will play tomorrow. Uh, The Tampa Bay Buccaneers on that four-game winning streak are up to 7-7. The Falcons have now won two in a row. They're up to 5-9, and and... like I said, the Panthers at five and nine because of the two games lost against the Falcons dropped to the last place in the division. So, um, you know, if things continue this way, then the Panthers will have a fourth place schedule next year and a top ten draft pick, and that's fine with me. Yeah, me too. All right. All well, right. Let's move. move. Yeah, go ahead. And moving on to the rest of the NFL, the New England Patriots. Defeated the Cincinnati Bengals 34-13. to There's not much to talk about this game. The Bengals are bad. Uh, Andy Dalton threw for 151 yards, a touchdown. Joe Mixon has come on strong late in the season, but they can't win with him. 136 rushing yards. James White led all receiving with three receptions, 49 yards. This game must have been a beautiful game to watch, meaning poking your eyes out. Patriots improve to 11 and 3 and the Bengals fall to 1 and 13. Well, the Patriots had a lot of video on the uh, Bengals to watch before the game. So. <laughs> oh, there is a leaked video of that too. I, the, I saw that. Where they uh they say, "Hey, you're not supposed to be recording." Oh, oh, I'll delete it. No, no. No, it's too late. <laughs> oh, pa- I, yeah. I, <laughs> that Patriots employee definitely knew that he messed up. Oh, yeah. And he was not oh, supposed to be doing that. Oh, he definitely knew he was supposed to be yeah. recording that, but not act like he was recording that. Right, yep. All right, moving on to the next game. The Chicago Bears went to Green Bay to play the Packers, and the Packers win this one 21-13. Uh, this game actually did come down to that uh, last second Hail Mary from Mitch Trubisky. was not successful but Trubisky did lead the lead uh this game in passing 29 of 53 334 yards one touchdown and two interceptions uh Aaron Jones led all rushers 13 carries for 51 yards and Allen Robinson led all receivers seven receptions 125 yards the Green Bay Packers moved to 11 and 3 and Chicago falls to 7 and 7. Now, moving on to the battle for the lead of the AFC South, 
the Houston Texans defeated the Tennessee Titans 24-21. Ryan Tannehill continued his resurgence, throwing for 279 yards, two touchdowns. Carlos Hyde had 104 yards on the ground and a touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins had six receptions, 119 yards. That puts the AFC South standings at Houston at 9-5 and five with a one-game lead over Tennessee at 8-6. and six. Next, we'll move to Kansas City, where Denver came in hoping to steal a game from the Chiefs, but were unsuccessful. The Chiefs win this one 23-3. This was just a blowout the entire way. Pat Mahomes led all passers 27 to 34, 340 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, Darwin Thompson led all rushers, eight carries for 38 yards. This was not a high rushing game by any stretch. And another big game from a tight end, Travis Kelsey, 11 receptions, 142 yards. The Chiefs move to 10 and 4, and the Broncos fall to 5 and 9. And. Another fun game to watch. The Miami Dolphins lose to the New York Giants 36-20. Both teams are now 3-11. Eli Manning looked good in his comeback. 283 yards, two touchdowns. Saquon Barkley had 112 yards on the ground with two touchdowns. And Sterling Shepard, nine receptions, 111 yards. Two teams that will be picking ahead of the Panthers. Probably. Mm Mm-hmm. Can't be sure. Can't be sure. Um, Next, we'll move to Washington, where Philadelphia desperately needed a victory against the Redskins and prevailed 37-27 over Washington. This game was actually in Washington's control until the last quarter. Uh, The Eagles outscored the Redskins 20-13 in the fourth quarter alone. This was a high-scoring fourth quarter. Carson Wentz, Looked pretty good in this game. 30 of 43, 266 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. But I'll tell you, Dwayne Haskins for Washington has really come on lately. 19 of 28, 261 yards and two touchdowns, no interceptions. He had a better quarterback rating than Wentz in this game. Um, Miles Sanders, the rookie running back for Philadelphia, 19 carries, 122 yards and a touchdown. And Terry McLaurin led all receivers, five receptions, 130 yards and a touchdown had a 75-yard reception in this game. So the Eagles maintain their NFC East. Yeah, NFC East hopes with a 7 and 7 record and Washington falls to 3 and 11. And a historic last game in Oakland. The Jacksonville Jaguars traveled out there to play the Oakland Raiders. And the Jaguars had a a great comeback, 14 points in the fourth quarter to win this game, 20-16. Way to let down the Oakland fans one last time, Raiders. (laughs) Derek Carr led all passing with 267 yards and a touchdown. Josh Jacobs carried the ball 24 times and got 89 yards. Darren Waller, uh, from Hard Knocks fame, eight receptions, 122 yards. Good game, but still... Minshew Mania came back and won this one. Jaguars improved to five and nine, and the Raiders fall to six and eight. Another team now that's you know could eventually jump us in the draft order. Yeah, uh, we'll go over the standings here at the end, but there are a lot of teams that are five and nine or six and eight. So uh, another team that's six and eight, 
the Cleveland Browns went out Paper to Champions. Arizona. Paper champion Cleveland Browns. Sorry for <laughs> to say that. Uh, went out to Arizona and lost their playoff hopes. The Cardinals win this game 38-24. to uh, Baker Mayfield led all passers 30-43, of 43, 247 yards, two touchdowns, one costly interception. Uh, Kenyon Drake actually led all rushers in this game, 22 carries, 137 yards, and four touchdowns. Nick Chubb did pretty good on the other side as well, 127 yards for him. Um, Demir Bird, your boy, led all receivers, six receptions, 86 yards. He had a 51-yard catch in this game. Um, so Arizona moves to 4-9-1. and one. Cleveland falls to 6-8. and eight. And, again, we'll talk about playoff seeding here in a minute, but Arizona is another team that could surprise some people. Yeah, moving on, the Minnesota Vikings took over the Los Angeles Chargers Stadium like every visiting team does and destroyed them, 39-10. to <laughs> Phillip Rivers threw for 307 yards and a touchdown. Mike Boone carried the ball 13 times for 56 yards and two touchdowns, and Keenan Allen had nine receptions, 99 yards. Dalvin Cook went out with this out of this game, and it does not look like he'll be returning anytime soon, and that could really affect the way Minnesota Vikings' playoff hopes go. Uh, they'll make the playoffs, but moving on in the playoffs, I should say. Vikings improve to 10-4. and four, Chargers fall to 5-9. and nine. And the last game we will talk about today, the Los Angeles Rams travel to Dallas, and Dallas looked like the team that a lot of people thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year. They waxed Los Angeles 44-21. to Dak Prescott had a pretty good game, but Jared Goff led all receivers. 33-51, of 51, 284 yards passing, two touchdowns. Uh, Prescott 15-23, 212 yards and two touchdowns. Didn't have to do a ton because his running backs killed it in this game. Tony Pollard actually led all rushers, 12 carries, 131 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott also killed it for Dallas. 24 carries, 117 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, in terms of receiving, Tyler Higby, the Los Angeles tight end, 12 receptions for 111 yards. Like I said, not a lot of passing on Dallas. Um, Tavon Austin actually led Dallas in receiving. He only had one catch. It was for 59 yards. Uh, Dallas... Stays tied for the NFC South lead at I'm sorry NFC East lead at seven and seven. The Rams are at eight and six in danger of falling out of the playoffs altogether. Yeah, expect the Dallas at Philadelphia games for the ba- NFC East title uh, next week. Get flexed to the late game. Just a heads up. I, I was so hoping that that was going to be the Week 17 game, but I guess uh, no. not. Yeah. No, Dallas has the Redskins Week 17. Of course they do. So that'll get flexed to a primetime game, too. <laughs> probably. Uh, and Phil- Philadelphia plays the Giants, by the way. So you could probably mark both of those games down as victories. So, yeah, the NFC East uh, title probably coming down to next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that does it for this week. Uh, well, let's, thank- ta- let's, let's talk about real quick the uh, playoff season. Oh, I apologize. Go no ahead. Um, there are currently... Six teams that are sitting at five and nine, the Panthers being one of those. There are two teams at six and eight, one team at six and seven, the Indianapolis, who will probably end up losing um, their next game. So they'll be six and eight. And 
six teams that are better than or worse than five and nine, I should say. Uh, starting with Arizona, who's four nine and one, one win from them, and they actually would fall better than a five and ten Panthers team. So mm-hmm. Panthers could jump them. The Panthers could conceivably jump to sixth. I mean, that's not out of the question. No, given that they're currently tied for seventh. Yeah, and some of these teams that are losing are no, no. Arizona's not going to win a game. They're playing Seattle and the Rams. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Rams, <laughs> well, I'll say this. Seattle always plays close games. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, you never know there. Uh, and the Rams could be out of it by week 17. In fact, they probably will be. So they might not have anything to play for. Um, yeah. So you never know. But uh, either way, it's going to be, it's kind of imperative on the Panthers to lose these next two weeks. Yeah. And if New Orleans benches everybody, we need to bench everybody. There, There's... Perry Fuel need Tepper needs to go down there and literally tell Perry Fuel not to win this game. Because we don't need what happened last year happen this year. Yeah, and I don't think that'll be the case because right now New Orleans is ten and three. They are currently sitting fourth in the NFC. Uh although they would be third in playoff seating. So the two teams ahead of them, Seattle and Green Bay, are both eleven and three. So even if New Orleans wins their next game and loses next week, or even wins next week, they're still going to have to win in week 17 to secure a bye. So yeah. I think that they're going to come out and they're going to have to play very hard. Which is yeah, right. You're good. It's good for the Panthers. So I think at best the Panthers finish six and ten. Ooh. I could yeah. see the Panthers winning next week against the Colts because the Colts are just not a very good team. Um. Yeah, they kind of fallen off in the second half here of the season. Yeah. I don't know what happened to them, but you're absolutely right. So, yeah, they've lost five of their last six games. So. Come on, Indy. Break that streak this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, next week, because they next play week. the Saint they play the Saints tomorrow night in the Monday night game. Indy does. So we'll get we'll get a good look at them tomorrow night. But um Yeah. Either way, I think that kind of it wraps it up, but uh we'll we'll take a look at the playoff seedings again. Uh, next week and then of course in week 17 we'll have a much better idea of where the panthers will draft but hey right now looks like it's gonna be a top 10 pick let's hope i mean we may need a quarterback let's you know yeah it'll be interesting but as always want to thank everybody for listening continuing on panther blue heart (laughs) you can follow us at Meow Mix Podcast on Twitter. You can email us at meowmixmailbag at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments. Keep pounding, guys. Two more weeks, and then the offseason hints, and we'll go full throttle again. I did also want to mention Cam Newton was nominated for the Walter Payton Man of the Year, which Mm -hmm. I don't think we got to on Tuesday. I don't think it was announced yet. Um, So whenever the voting for that starts, I don't know if it started yet already or if it starts soon, but... Let's kick our votes towards Cam. You know, maybe his last year as a Panther. But uh, either way, he deserves it. He's done a lot for the community and continues to do so. So Uh, other than that, everybody, keep your head up. We will be back at some point this week. We keep saying it's going to be Thursday, but it's been Wednesday lately. So we'll see what happens this week. No promises. (laughs) Uh, Wednesday or Thursday, we will be back. Uh, And... Uh, We'll be previewing the Indianapolis game. But until then, everyone, keep pounding.